This is Work of the Beat. It is Thursday night, September 15, 2022. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Jam-packed show on a football weekend as we look ahead at Eagles and uh, Vikings on Monday night. Uh, game that has a little more interest in it, I think, than a lot of people thought for the way the Vikings play and the way the Eagles played on Sunday. Uh, and to talk about that, Mike and I will have our football picks later in the show uh, but to talk about from SI.com, uh, the Eagles Today website, and uh, my former colleague. Uh, it's been five years, Ed, uh, since uh, we worked wow. at the other place, yeah. uh, formerly of the Courier Times and the Intelligencer. It's Ed Kratz. Ed, how are you? Hey, I'm great, man. Listen, I, next time I need some better walk-up music than that, man. I need like... What? Uh, What's wrong with the Hooters? Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, Hooters was good. Um, Northeast Philly feel though, man. I'm trying to get a little more new school. I'd go with like lose yourself with Eminem, although that's a pretty old school song. Um, uh, let's be honest. Kern, would you listen to Eminem? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> but, but again, what I think has nothing to do with if it ain't Elton John or Billy Joel or, 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 or Motown, you know, I know you, you've passed me. So, and, and, and trust me, I'll take my music over other I'm not knocking other people's music, mm-hmm. but I'll take my music anytime. Uh, Dude, I like that music too, man. I'm a big Billy Joel, yeah. John guy. And, and I was supposed nope. to see him up at the Garden last week, but I sold my tickets. Oh, really? Yeah. Hope you made some money on them. Uh, I made $275 off them. Not bad. Well, tell them why you sold the tickets. Well, I saw <laughs> Hamilton the next night. Yeah, so... I saw Ham- uh, I saw Hamilton on Broadway. That money into some Hamilton tickets, huh? Well, also that the hotels we were going to do both. My wife and I were going to do Friday Billy Joel, Saturday at Hamilton, but then the hotels in New York got to be five fifty a night, and, Ouch. and uh, so we decided just to. I actually drove all the way in New York for Hamilton. That's a whole different story. So that was not a wise move <laughs> on my part. All the way to New York. Well, it's not that far. No, but parking in New York. Parking near yeah. parking near Times Square, mm-hmm. Hamilton train station, Kevin. I know, but yep. my wife yep. my wife's kind of like hurt her foot, so okay, that's fair. Um, all right, I, I was in the, I was in the garden for Billy Joel's 99th show with my son. He gave us gave me Father's Day tickets, and him and I went. And now he gave my wife and I tickets to see him in November for our 30th anniversary. So I will be there. Seeing Billy Joel again in the garden. On you the have night a good sport. son, Ed. He's a great kid. He is a great Absolutely. kid. Joey is. Now, the- I'm, going to ask, I'm going to ask you the stupidest question I could ever ask you. Was he good? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel? Yeah, was he good? He was good. <laughs> yeah. Very good, man. Billy Joel's great in kind. Everybody sings all. Everybody sings oh, along to his oh, stuff. Oh, and- it's, it's- Although, Ed, let's be fair. If your son was really that good, he would have got your spring scene tickets at two grand a pop. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. I'm throwing, I'm throwing it out there for Joey. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So you were while I was in New York, you were in Detroit. I'm not sure that's an even trade off, but um, what did you make of Sunday? Because, I mean, look, maybe my fault is I listen on on the way to school. I listen to talk radio. It almost felt like a loss on Monday morning. They did win the football game, and the yeah. quarterback looked pretty decent. 
Yeah. Um, they were favored by four and they won by three. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't yeah. cover. But you're right, Kevin. You're 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 right. That's that, they did win for Philadelphia. And they were up eighteen at one point, right? It was That's right. Seventeen. Seventeen, right. Um, I mean, they what was your impression leaving Detroit? My impression was, you know, their defense got gassed. And, you know, listen, nobody's gonna admit that in the locker room or on a press podium. But man, I went in that locker room after the game and I said to one of my colleagues, I'm like, I was looking around the room and there's guys sitting on stools. And this is 15, 20 minutes after the game's over when they have the cooling off period. They look wiped out, man. I'm like, dude, do these guys look really like tired to you? Well, it's <laughs> like, the first time. Hey, it's the first time they've played since last December. Right. January for most of them. They're, they're not in football shape. And I'm not yeah. sure they're going to be in football shape Monday night. I agree. We've said this, and now with the way the CBA is and practices aren't as intense. Now, you know, the Eagles are probably less intense than others, especially the Lions. We saw them on hard knocks, and those dudes were hitting and tackling to the ground and all that other stuff. So <clears throat> they were in football shape. And I'll say this, too. I'm sitting up in the in the press box, and if you've ever been to the Ford Field, you're out there with the fans. You know, there's no glass. You're sitting, and the fans are all around you, so you can hear everything. And I, I think the Lions – set the temperature high because it was hot as could be, you know, in the, in the top of the stadium. And, and I didn't feel any air conditioning. It must've been like 80 degrees. And I'm wondering if it was hot on the field purposely, kind of like red hour back used to do in Boston Celtics with the locker room, the you know, freeze, the showers, the freeze. Yeah. Freeze the showers and turn the heat on a hundred degree yeah. heat in May. Yeah. It, it crossed my mind. Like, man, I wonder if the Lions did this on purpose or if it's just, you know, all the hot air that 70,000 fans can create. Okay, but I, I do want to raise one issue, okay? And you brought it up, that they're less so than maybe other teams, okay? They they hit less so than other teams in, in, in training camp. This team, I, I hate using pro football focus because I think that it's a, a strange formula that they use sometimes. Last year, they were 31st in tackles, right? 31st in, in tackle efficiency, I think is the term. They were 32nd this week. Why didn't this team put more of a premium in training camp, or any premium for that matter, on learning how to tackle? Well, I mean, the only way you can learn how to tackle is by doing it in practice. And they're tackling dummy bags. Uh, you know, that, that's not how you tackle an NFL player. I mean, dummy bags offer no resistance, and that's what they do. And, you know, if you're not doing it in practice, you're not going to be able to do it effectively in a game. And you know, you can say I get why the Eagles do it. You know, they want to kind of come to the starting line healthy, which they did. Everybody practiced, you know, two days before the game. Uh, and you want to stay healthy and you want to stay fresh, you know, once the you know the games really start to matter. I mean, the way the season is now, the way the NFL is now, this these first few games in September are just kind of extended preseason games, really. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. And and, uh, you know, if you can stack up some wins now, that's great. If you can overcome these obstacles. But, really, you want to make sure you're ready to go in October, you know, late October, November, December for that stretch run. Um, and that's what the Eagles' philosophy is, is let's let's get there. And if that means, you know, sacrificing, you know, a, a win here and there in September, then so be it. But they were fortunate to win that game. And, you know, now you look back and it's better to be 1-0 looking at all these problems than 0-1, right? Yep. Colonel? I mean, look, it, I, I said the, the first three or four games this season is preseason. Right. The, the way the NFL works now, and someday it'll be 18 games, 
and yeah. either no exhibitions or one or two exhibitions. So I just think people try to read too much into games one. And, and I know because we they won the game. The quarterback probably won the game for them for the oh, most yeah. part. The wide receiver that they got in the draft looked tremendous. And yet on the, people, on the draft well, day trade, right? Right. The quarterback ran too much. Well, okay. Like, it's almost like we want to find things to pick out. I get it. The defense, and I believe Ed's totally right. The defense, they got up 17. The game was probably over, and they got gassed. And they came close to losing. Yeah, and that would have been horrible if they would have lost. Yeah, it would have went down as an all-timer. But they didn't. And they won, and now they get a, you know, a home game against a team that I think is actually pretty good. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win the Central, but I, you know, I think the Vikings are not a great team, but I think they, they could be a 10-win team in this league this year. So it's a pretty good test on Monday night. But, and they're only a two-point favorite. And I don't know what that tells you or what it doesn't tell you, but, yeah, I, I, I tend to take, you know, let's take the positives out of the game. And I'm usually the guy that's looking at the negatives. But, you know, let's just say, yeah, did they not do some things well? No, like a sign Reddick was a ghost. Okay, I get it. He shouldn't be a ghost. They only played their first round draft pick twenty one plays or whatever for whatever the reasons. But we'll get into that in a second. Let, let's go three or four games before we start making judgments. And I think the biggest thing we should take out of that game, or the two biggest things, are Jalen Hurts, who's never going to be Josh Allen, but he's Jalen Hurts and he does some things pretty damn good. And one of them is run the football. He's done it all his life. He's not going to change. So people are waiting for him to drop back in the pocket. It, that ain't going to happen, people. He's going to take off. And when he makes, when he turns a third and 10 into a first down, everybody's happy. But then after the game, well, man, he ran too much. I mean, yeah. Well, did the Eagles run well, some plays? Like when they were down by the goal line that one time and they ran that play for him, I'm thinking, no. And, and, and no. But, Mike, I agree with you on Hurts, okay? But I think the bigger story out of this is the defense. And I do think the bigger story, Ed, is Jonathan Gannon. I said coming into the year, I thought Jonathan Gannon had the second most pressure behind Hurts of anybody. Because his name has been dangled out there as a potential head coaching candidate. Got a couple interviews last year. But last year they played awful smart, uh, soft because of the personnel they had. Well, they revamped the personnel. Give Howie Roseman this. He went out, totally rebuilt the back end especially. And they still look soft the other day. How much of this is Jonathan? How much? When do we start wondering about Jonathan Gannon and his scheme? Yeah, I say you start worrying about it at the end of the month. If this continues, okay, like Mike said, I, I agree. It's going to take a couple weeks really to kind of, you know, defense is about attitude and tackling and conditioning. And right now they're not they're not there. Um, but I gave Gannon, that was my argument for people that thought he should be fired last year, is I said, look, the, the guy really doesn't have his pieces in place to kind of do what he wants to do. Now, he didn't own up to saying that when we asked him, hey, do you have the pieces now? Are you going to look different? He said, I had the pieces last year. But I, I disagree with him. I think that now he has the pieces. Okay, we can't give him a pass any longer. It's going to have to start to come together. And it's going to have to come together quickly, I think. I think, listen, if they come out and lay an egg to Minnesota, if just, Justin Jefferson goes off for 200 yards and, you know, three touchdowns and Dalvin Cook runs for 120 yards, you, you know, you, you got to put him on alert that if this doesn't get better, you know, you're you're not going to be here. Um, you know, and listen, I like Gannon. I, you know, I think he, he is an up-and-coming coach in this league. I think he's going to figure this out. 
I think he's going to figure out the personnel that he has on hand. And again, we talk about the players because of the preseason that was really non-existent needing a couple weeks. I think it's the same with the coaches. They need a couple weeks to figure out how to, you know, deploy his fronts. He has these five-man fronts, these four-man fronts. Sometimes he's in a three-four. You know, he really doesn't have any set scheme. Um, so he needs time to kind of figure it out too. But, I, 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 you know, I agree, well, man. I think you give him a couple more weeks, and if this thing is still not on track, you got to start to maybe think maybe Denard Wilson, who I think is a good coaching candidate, a defensive coordinator possibility in this league. He's your DB coach. I like him a lot. The players like him a lot. If Gannon can't set this thing straight, then maybe Denard Wilson gets elevated well, to defensive coordinator. Well, they're not going to do. They're not going to do that. Well, that that's going to happen. But, but 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 Ed, like, I get that there's no preseason, so you have to learn the personnel a little bit. I get it, and there's a lot of there's a lot of training camp and a lot of practices. But if you watch any game film from Hassan Reddick the last two years, why are you dropping him back in coverage? Why is he not, you know, hand in the ground? Go attack the go attack the quarterback when he dropped back a ton last week in cover in pass coverage. Yeah, I, I, did you see the numbers on his pass coverage? I I don't know how often he dropped back into coverage. I, I saw him drop a couple I, I times. Thought, I thought I thought they said it was about thirty five percent. One is too many. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's he's Michael yeah. Parsons. Well, you know, there's well, the quarterback. Go get him. Yeah. <laughs> What's so hard about that? Well, Gannon says it's kind of a two-way street with Reddick. He'll ask Reddick what he wants to do, and sometimes Reddick will say, "I feel like I can drop okay, and be effective." In you know, so it's really that's that's Gannon's story, and and Reddick says, "Yeah, I can do some things in coverage." You know, if you if you drop back, maybe a, a quarterback thinks you're going to come and you're dropping out, and maybe that confuses him. But yeah, I agree, man. This guy racked up twenty three and a half sacks the last two years. You know, let's go. Bring him, bring him on. Let him loose. Let him hit the edge and come off flying. And once you let, like, what did what did they do? Not the opening drive when Detroit goes down and scores, but then they had three straight three and outs to turn the whole game around because then Detroit was like on its heels for most of the game up to the fourth quarter. But what did they do in those three series? And why why did they let Jared Goff get in a rhythm? Because you know. That's what how Detroit got kind of got back in the game. But did they do something different on those three drives where they where they had three straight three and outs? Well, I thought they they blitzed. I thought on okay. one of those three right. and outs, you know, he did a lot of blitzing in the second quarter. I think, you know, they had sixty nine plays. I think he blitzed maybe seven times. He doesn't like the blitz, but I listen. You have the personnel where right. you can bring guys from everywhere. Chauncey Gardner's got quickness. Avante mm -hmm. Maddox can blitz, and he did bring Maddox on one of those blitzes. Um, but then they just kind of sat back and they and they got a little soft in their in their defensive play and um, you can't have that you can't let Goff get into rhythm you need to bring the house man knock him off his spot you know and and I get so tired of hearing the players say well, you know and that was my angle today was pursuing the pass rush and why it's still not there after he had 29 sacks last year next to last what's going on and you know the guys well he gets the ball out quick I'm so tired of hearing that excuse he gets the ball Jared out quick Goff, I mean how quick could it be. I mean, yeah, he's got to be. He's going to be one of the worst top three quarterbacks they're going to play this year, and he put up three hundred and almost four hundred yards of offense. I know the running game was good in Detroit too, but listen, they they need to play like you said, Mike. They need to play the way they played on those three straight outs, and on the fourth series of that, they had to pick six. So really, it was right, four. right, right. And, and in all fairness, in all fairness, Detroit does have a really good offensive line, right? I mean, 
we should at least, they're out there trying too. So well, they are. Uh, yeah, they have a good tackle, Penny Sewell. They invested, you know, first round pick. They have Frank Rag now, who's you know one of the top centers. But they were down to the third string guard. Uh, you know, how Lavati Vitae couldn't play. Tommy Kramer had a bad back. So they were down to their third guard there, and he committed two false start penalties on that first drive, but it didn't matter. They scored right. a touchdown anyway. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that the pressure somehow, if you're not going to get home with your four players, if Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Sweat, and Graham, if they can't get home, then you need to bring Hassan Reddick you know, on a blitz from the middle, or you need to bring Kaiser White on a blitz, or Avante Maddox, or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You have – it all goes back to the personnel. Gannon has it, and now he has to know what to do with it. He has to figure out how to utilize it because it's in place. Speaking of personnel, Jordan Davis only had 22 snaps, I think it was. Um, Correct. Fletcher Cox will guest, especially in the fourth quarter. Are we going to see more Jordan Davis here this week? Well, I mean – I'd play him more. I think that the defense, the run defense, was a little better with him in there, but it's not just him. I thought Milton Williams and Marlon Tuipulatu played very tight. well against the run, and Cox and Hargrave, they, they did not. It was not a good game for Cox. And listen, he's, what, 31 years old now? I think he'll be 32 soon. He's the kind of guy that probably needs to get in better shape, better football shape, and, you know, he better start doing that. Because Jordan Davis is a 23-year-old kid. Marlon T. is a 24-year-old kid. I mean, they have young guys that, to me, look pretty good. I mean, Marlon T., uh, he's the one that created that pick six. He was right in Goff's face, so Goff couldn't step up. And he threw that bad pass that White tipped and Bradbury picked and ran it into the end zone. But they've got guys in place that I don't know whether they're hesitant to use them. But I think, again, like Gannon, if Cox doesn't show any better than he did on you know, against Detroit. And I think he will. I think he still has something left in the tank. I think it's just a matter of him, you know, getting into that football but there was, shape. There but, was long, but, Ed, there was long stretches last year where Fletcher Cox was a ghost. I mean, where he literally disappeared in games. And I almost wonder, and look, Fletcher, Cl- Fletcher Cox is an all-time eagle. He is. And you, you and I have talked about this all time, you know, a, a, a long time ago. Fletcher Cox may end up having his number retired by the time this is all said and done. Mm-hmm. But you can't – the strength of the Joe Banner Eagles was knowing when to say goodbye. I almost wonder if they missed their chance to say goodbye here on on Fletcher Cox, and, and they're going to regret this by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, they're paying him $14 million, but that's good news is he's only on this one-year deal. So, you know, if he doesn't play like they think he should, then maybe they will say goodbye. But, again, it's way too early to talk oh, about I, that. I, under, I understand. I'm just yeah. saying, like, if they're, if they're going to regret – when they kind of cut ties early in the offseason, bringing them back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and listen, Davis, to me, should play more than 22 snaps. Uh, you know, going into the game, you know, a 25 to 30 snap uh, package would be pretty good for him, you know, because he they're not going to use him yet, I don't think, on downs that they think are passing downs because he's still working on the pass mm-hmm. rush side of things. But, you know, he's very good at occupying blockers in the run game, and sure, why not play him? If you're getting gashed, you know, throw him out there over the ta- over the center and bring in two defensive tackles next to him and then have your overhang players. Bring in a five-man front. You know, try to bring guys closer to the line of scrimmage. Right. I mean, to give up 181 yards on the ground, that's just, that's embarrassing. Uh, DeAndre Swift is pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. That's career high he ran for. Dalvin Cook's pretty good, too. Yeah. You know, if they don't figure it out, Dalvin Cook's going to hurt him. Dalvin too. Cook's tougher to catch out of the backfield as far as when he comes out in pass coverage, too. That's the other problem yeah. they're going to have on Monday night. Hey, hey, hey the Sorry, way Mike. this works, 
like, let's say three or four weeks from now, their defense isn't playing a lot better. You know, and, and I don't know what their record would be at that point, but whatever. Does the coach, does the onus go on the head coach to say something to his defensive coordinator? Does somebody like Allie say something to the coach to say, to the, like, how would this work at some point that somebody would say to Jonathan, hey, dude, we're not, you know, we're not playing like we should be playing, or does that not get said? No, listen, Sirianni bills himself as a great communicator, you know, a connect, and that's one of his five core principles is connect. And he does a good job with that. You know, he, ha- he has the guys connecting, He and he'll, he'll speak his mind. You know, Sirianni will say something, and I wouldn't be surprised if he said something to Gannon already this week that, hey, you know, what's going on? Uh, you know, because that's why he gave up play calling and gave it to Shane Steichen is because he wants to be involved in every aspect of the team. He doesn't want to just be the offensive guy and let – you know, the defensive guy run things, kind of like Peterson did with Jim Schwartz. He wants to be involved. And if he doesn't see something that he likes, he's going to say something. And it's just a matter in his his mind of communicating with his coaches and with his players. So, yeah, no, something would be said, no doubt about that. How much of a cleanup is there at NovaCare this week after uh, after after Gannon's comments that basically made it sound like that Howie was calling blitz schemes? <laughs> Isn't he? <laughs> I thought he was. No, he wasn't. Apparently, <laughs> it was clean up today. Headset on the sidelines in Detroit. Now, uh, it's the old. It, yeah. It's the old Ted Turner. No, I want to be a manager thing from like the 1970s with the Atlanta Braves. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Listen, Nick tried to set the record straight on that and said that he's in. You know, he comes into these meetings because he needs to know the personnel. Like, okay, who do we need active this week from a practice squad? It almost sounded like he. You know, he was referring to Howie as kind of an errand boy. You know, I'm not sure Howie's going to appreciate that because he said, hey, if we want somebody active, Howie has to do it. That's Howie's job to get it done. Activate. We want Britton Covey active this week. Howie, you got to activate him. We want Noah Tungai up. You know, he needs to know what Sirianni wants on the field. That is what Sirianni said Howie's role is, just based on that. Because Sirianni said, I have control of the 46 guys that are active on game day Howie, of course is in charge of the 53 but that's the way he made it sound was Howie's just there to kind of and i'm sure it's not a one-way street i'm sure Howie's getting some input on some things how deep he's going with it you know let, I, let's I, admit though Howie, Howie, and jeffrey are both very sensitive when their lack of football experience gets brought up yeah, well, that's what happens when you take the, the two some of the draft picks they took. Well, but your acumen, get, your acumen gets questioned, right? But but I think now he's done well the last right. So, you know. But Ed, when you think about it, I can't imagine that having this this fireball go into into effect this week went play well on the upper floors. I just can't. Yeah, I, I you know listen, and Nick, I thought he brought up a good point when he said, you know, listen, I've been on teams where coaches and the GM have had good relationships and it was good teams. And he goes, we've I've been on teams where coaches and GMs didn't have a good relationship and they were crappy teams. So, you know, he painted the picture that it's, you know, all for one, one for all inside the building, everything fine, that this is the normal course of things. The GM needs to be involved in whatever it is, is going on with the team, with the personnel, even though he doesn't have say of the 46, according to Sirianni, that they like to keep him in the loop as to what the personnel packages are going to be. And like I said, is it a one-way street and Nick's dictating all that or how can put this how we have? I, I don't know. I, I can't say. 
Um, but my gut feeling is, yeah, I think Howie's involved on some level a little bit deeper than what Nick's letting on. I, I just had a chip flashback. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> no, I just, I, well, let, let's say, let's talk about Monday's game. Sure. Um, so this, you know, two, two teams, Vikings look pretty good. And we don't know what to make of the Packers yet and, and all that. Eagles won, and I think their offense looked pretty good. Um, what are we looking for? I mean, the Eagles are a two-point favorite, which seems a little low to me, but I understand why. Uh, it seems like a pretty good matchup. Um, I, I think the Minnesota quarterback's like, oh, for his life in Monday nights. Um, <laughs> but again, you, you know, you can see Justin Jefferson, and God forbid Jalen Regler, but you can see Justin Jefferson doing some things. How do you see this game three days out, Ed? Well, Kirk Cousins is six and three against the Eagles. You know, okay. he played for Washington. So yeah, he might be over right. Monday night or primetime, but he's six and three against Philadelphia for whatever the reason he has success against them. And I don't think anybody has stopped Justin Jefferson yet in his two plus years in the league. I mean, this guy's got numbers that are better than Jerry Rice's after thirty four games. They're on par with Randy Moss's uh numbers after 34 games you know these are two hall of famers um so i don't know how they're going to stop this guy my contention is is they need to be able to put pressure on kirk cousins he's not some you know guy that's going to be mobile he's not going to run out of the pocket he's going to be where he's going to be and you have to get to him of course Goff was the same way and they did they sacked him once which was, was terrible um so to me the Eagles are going to have to find a pass rush, and that's what Hassan Reddick was brought in to do, was to affect the passer. So he's going to have to have a big game. You can't let Cousins sit back there for five seconds and try to find Justin Jefferson because Jefferson's going to get open, and he's going to kill you. And if he's not open, maybe Adam Thielen is on the other side, you know, or the tight end, or Dalvin Cook on a swing pass out of the backfield. I mean, they've got a lot of weapons. So to me, this Eagles defense had showed up in Detroit, it just isn't going to win this game. They need to improve tenfold, especially in the pass rush, because that to me is how they're going to have to win this game is they're going to have to really pressure Cousins, and that crowd is going to have to be loud to make it difficult on Cousins. You know, I saw that Ford Field environment was about probably the second loudest crowd I've heard in my life behind the NFC Championship game when the Eagles beat the Vikings 2017. Yeah. That, that was the loudest crowd I've ever heard. And the, in Ford Field, it was the same way. It, it, guys couldn't hear. The, the, the offensive play, Jason Kelsey said, our backs, we didn't do any hand signals to our running backs. They had no idea what we were doing. So that's the kind of crowd that has to show up at the link on Monday night. Make things loud. Make it hard for Cousins to communicate to his offensive linemen to set the protections. And then the Eagles' defensive line and linebackers or corners, safeties, whoever blitzes, if Gannon blitzes, he better do something to get to the quarterback because that's how they're going to have to win this game. And can they do it? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it's. I think two points is probably right. I, I think it opened at three and a half. And yeah, it did. Yeah. It, it's been bet down with the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, you know, a big win for them beating the Packers. But yeah, you're right. I don't know what the Packers are. They have no receivers. They're both tackles were out. Yeah, Lazard uh, was out. Yeah. yeah so and this I mean, is going to sound stupid in week two. But at some point, this could be like a tiebreaker kind of game. You know, I mean, I you're just looking that. down the road a long, long way. But, you know, these teams could both maybe finish with like 11 wins and be division winners. This could be the difference between maybe you getting a home game or something. I don't know. I'm just saying this. But whenever you're playing a conference team, in a division, I know that's stupid to think of this game that way. But 
not. It's not. These are two teams that, and you know what? They have similar styles. You know that yeah. uh, Ed Donatel, the new defensive coordinator for Vikings, they have a defense similar to the Eagles. They don't really have, you know, a scheme. They don't blitz much. They play a lot of zone. Um, now maybe that'll be to Jalen Hurts' advantage because he plays against that defense every day in practice. You know, different personnel, obviously, but similar in what they do. Um, but you're right. I, I thought of that too. Is this could be a tiebreaker or you know, this could be a game, you know, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Right. You know, and, and maybe it comes out, where's that game going to be played? Right, be in right. Philly or Minnesota? Right. Um, no, I don't think it's too early to say that at all. I think these teams have the ability to, to get into the playoffs. But, again, you know, middle of September, we'll see how that works out. By the way, I think if you mentioned Cousins' record against the Eagles, I think he's 2-0 and since he went to Minnesota as well. He won, obviously, in 18 here when they came back in the NFC t- Championship game rematch. And the Eagles lost a game in Minneapolis, right? I think in twenty uh, or nineteen. Yeah, I know twice since they beat the Eagles, beat them in the championship game, and uh, Minnesota's won both, both games. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if Cousins was the quarterback on both of those teams or not, um, but he just has success against them for whatever reason. And listen, he's going to be coming in here with a lot of confidence. I mean, he's got the weapons, um, you know. Would it surprise anybody at this point that if he's not in the MVP conversation at the end of the year or Jeff- Justin Jefferson? I mean, that's the kind of ability he has, I think. I mean, everybody makes fun of him that he, he, he can't well, he win overpaid. the big game. but He was overpaid for he, what he did. He was paid, but he can't win the big game. Mike's right. You know, in primetime, he's just not a big play, a big game quarterback. So, um, But, you know, listen, he's older. He's another year older in this league. Maybe that pays off for him. The division team that should scare the Eagles the most right now is who? Uh, Well, I would say, gosh, probably uh, Washington, I guess. Um, Yeah. You know, again, a lot depends on Carson Wentz. You know, know, Wentz is a week-to-week quarterback. He got off to a good start. Um, But, again, he's not really a big-game guy yet either. Yeah. I like that running back, Brian Robinson. He didn't even play. Right. You know, the rookie got shot, but he looks like he, he'll probably be returning soon. I love that kid coming out of Alabama. Uh, I like their defense. They've invested a lot of resources over there. Not real sold on their offensive line, though. Um, and, again, 16 more weeks to go here. Right. Uh, and Wentz stay upright and healthy. But well, right now – Week two, I'll say Washington. Right, because obviously the DAC injury changes the equation and the way that sure. Dallas's schedule was really front-loaded. I mean, you know, obviously had Tampa last week. You get Cincy this week. Hey, hey Kevin, yeah. I got news. The, the Dallas Cowboys with DAC didn't look like very much. I think they totally screwed that team up. I really do. By what they didn't do in the offseason, yeah. I, I, I think the Eagles were going to win the division if Dak doesn't get hurt, the fact that Dak is hurt, I agree with that. I think Washington can be a decent team. Yeah. I think the Giants will be better, but I don't think the Giants can be good enough to contend for the division. But I, I could say, I mean, doesn't Washington come in here next week? No, they go to Washington next week. To Washington. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's going to be a huge game, too. Um, yeah. Let me ask you guys a question, because I was thinking about this. I know what, right now, and, and again, I, right. Jalen Hurts or, or, or Wentz, Hurts. Like, I'm just throwing it out there because I think Wentz, I know Wentz has his faults. I get all that. But he did throw for four touchdowns last week, and I know he threw two bad interceptions. But Jalen also does things sometimes that you go, know, 
But I'm just saying, are they comparable? I mean, or is Jalen so much way ahead of Wentz, or or am I, I missing something? I, I think the one dynamic, and Ed can speak to this way more than I can, uh, is leadership. And yeah. I think those guys tend to gravitate to Wentz, or I'm sorry, gravitate to Hurts. Mm-hmm. And with Wentz, it was quite quite the on, uh, opposite, wouldn't you say it? Right. Yeah, I think on Wentz, there was a kind of a division in the locker room, too. I think there were some people in a Wentz camp. Some people weren't in a Wentz camp. He rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, Hurts, I don't get that sense. I think everybody supports Hurts. Yeah. You know, that's a real intangible that he brings is that leadership ability. You know, he doesn't get too high. You know, it's a cliche. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He, as he says, he doesn't ride the waves. Um, me, I like riding the waves, so, you know, at the beach. But <laughs> uh, but Hurts doesn't ride the waves. So, he, you know, he um, – I, I would say, you know, listen, skill set-wise. Uh, Wentz has a better it, arm. Two completely different styles. I right, mean, Hurts – has yeah. that ability to make plays. He's a strong kid, 6'1", 224, somewhere in that range. Wentz is a big guy, too, but he just doesn't have that that explosion that Hurts brings. I mean, Hurts is really a running back in a quarterback's body, yeah. if you ask me. I mean, Wentz tried to make, do a little running. I mean, back in 2017, Frank Reich would always say, hey, we want Carson Wentz to make one first down with his legs every single day, every single game. Yeah, We want him to pick up one first down. So he did a little of that, and listen, he paid the price for it. You know, he blew out his knee. I know that happened, you know, running the ball. Uh, You know, he had the concussion. He had the back injury. So he's not the runner, obviously, that Jalen Hurts is. And I think he understands that. And if he can kind of evolve his game, Wentz, then, you know, maybe Washington has something. We saw when Randall was here how he failed to kind of adjust his game when he was a running quarterback into more of a passer until he went to Minnesota and then kind of had that MVP-like season where he was not running the ball as much. He became a passer. He became a pocket passer. He kept plays alive, but he didn't run the ball as much. He also had, Chris, if, he also had Chris Carter and Randy Moss as opposed to Fred Barnett and Calvin Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sure. And, you know, when, who's Wentz's receivers? You know, he's got uh, Terry McLaurin, right? And right. Who else? I don't, I don't even know. But Hurts has better weapons for yeah, sure. A.J. Brown. Uh, just a beast. I mean, you see how big that guy is. He, he you know, he's like a tight end. And so, so, if you're Tennessee and you're the number one seed in the playoffs last year in the AFC, and you almost beat New England a few years ago, I believe in the playoffs, you had them beat. You decide to get rid of this guy because he's going to cost you money. I understand right. that. And am I missing something here? Like. And I know the coach wasn't happy. Well, Mike, but Mike Rabel does run a primarily running style. I mean, he he's leaned on Derrick Henry so much, and I think Rabel Rabel uh, is Kevin, an you, old you school. But Mike Rabel was, was old money, school. It was a money decision, right? Right. He doesn't okay. believe in putting that much money in the wide receiver. He also grew up okay. in the New England system, who didn't put until Randy Moss came along a lot of money in well, the system. Well, supposedly, according to the stories, Rabel was really, really upset. Well, that they made that trade. I'm just telling you what okay. has been reported. And then he comes to the Eagles, and I'm not saying he's going to have 10 catches for 150 every week, but he looked pretty darn good. Ed, <laughs> Ed, will get you, Ed will get you out here on, on Mike's question. Go ahead. Like, oh, about, a, a. Uh, about, about why A.J. Oh, Brown. Why did, Brown, why did yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, listen, I mean, even in a run-based offense in Tennessee, that guy still went over 1,000 yards two of his last three years. You know, he had some injury things that cropped up last year. Maybe they weren't overly happy with the way he uh, handled his rehab to get back and play. I don't know that. I'm just kind of speculating. But um, that was the biggest surprise draft night when it comes down that, you know, Eagles are trading for him. I mean, wow, first – Kudos to Howie, but then that was my next thing was, well, why is Tennessee trading this guy? And then the stories come out, they were like $4 million or so apart on a contract situation. I don't think A.J. Brown was happy the way contract negotiations were being handled. And it was just kind of a perfect storm for the Eagles to bring him in because, you know, he's going to help this. He's not going to go for 10-155 every week. Of course not. But, you know, now other teams are looking at like, oh, my God, we better double team A.J. Brown, and that's going to open up the other side for Devontae Smith uh, or, or Quez Watkins, who, you know, right now it's looking like Quez is going to have 15 catches because this offense is going to go through Dallas, A.J., and Devontae. But, you know, just by showing that capability to go for a buck 55, tying his career high, now you're going to have to really keep an eye on him if you weren't already, and that will do some things good for Devontae, I would think. Um, but he helps this offense immeasurably, and whatever went wrong in Tennessee is to the Eagles' gain, no doubt. Ed Kratz from SI.com, uh, the the Eagles uh, – Ed, what was it, Eagles Nation? Or not Eagles Nation, that's something Eagles else. Today. Eagles Today, Eagles SI.com. At SI.com. I should point out, Ed and I have known each other so long. Uh, mm. We ended up in 2002 uh, taking a trip to Seattle with Mike Silski. And Ed's wife, who was what, six months pregnant? Uh, it was a little further along than that. That trip was in June. She gave birth in July, so maybe like eight months pregnant. Okay, you're, this is not going to be a flattering portrayal then of Ed. <laughs> I know where you're going. Okay, so on the flight out, my first flight after 9-11, I should point out, okay? So it's, it's, it's now, is he calling his, are you calling Linda over? Yeah, she's right here, yeah. Okay, yeah. so Ed... I got bumped up to first class, and I had an extra seat next to me, okay, on the flight to first class, Mike. <laughs> Who comes up and decides to camp out in first class? It wasn't eight-month pregnant Linda Kratz. <laughs> it was Ed. For the final three hours of a six-hour flight, I think she was in a middle seat in coach. Correct, Linda? No, 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 no. You weren't in a middle seat, right, Linda? No. he. Listen, I was just coming to do you a favor, Kev. I was just wanting to hang out with you, you know, talk a little shop. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. They let you move up into first class? They didn't say anything to you? Oh. Wow. I'm impressed oh. by that. I'm yeah, in- those were the days, man. Hold on. It's like the Seinfeld episode where Elaine gets tossed out of first class. <laughs> hold, 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 hold on. This was the days when our newspaper sent three people to Seattle to pick up awards. That's all. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The APSC the convention. convention. Now they won't send three people to Harry Truman High School. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, M- Mike, they don't have three people anymore. I know. I know. Yeah. And they don't have a – I know. I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. Linda, were you in coach? Yeah. I mean, were you in the middle seat? I don't remember that. She said no. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> uh, by the way, I left Silski in the middle seat because he's small enough. He could handle it. I don't care yeah. about that. I went book royalties yeah. back coming back yeah. at that point. You, you could have put him in the over uh, head baggage. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Thanks, man. Be good, man. Be good. Yeah. Thanks, Linda. <laughs> and, and up next here on Work of the Beat, it's our pick segment. That's Mike and I picking football, and Mr. Joel will lead us off. Anywhere you wanna go, take me to the action, take me to the track, take me to a party if they're betting in the back. I've been working all my life, can't afford to wait. Let me call my wife so I can tell her I've been late. I want to ease it. All right, so there was not a lot of easy money last week. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I did okay. I thought, yeah, I did all right. Maybe, with, maybe with your, um, maybe I'm confusing it with the stuff on Gir- Girardi's, but I, I thought I had a decent. No, you week. did, but there was a lot of. Uh, I don't keep track. Oh, I, I know, and, and I, I've been so busy this week. I just haven't been able to catch yeah. the numbers, but. I, I had a couple decent plays, uh, you know, on the NFL especially. I had the Giants over the Titans. Titans, hey, thanks think, to my buddy think Mike. Think about this. Think about this for a second. And this is why I tell. First of all, week one is a crapshoot. But there were so many. There was like half the games last week that just defied kind of description. Even if the upset didn't happen, you know, the Steelers and I had the Steelers. But the way that game ended and everything, I mean, you know, just goofiness. Um, but the Eagles didn't cover. Think about that. So if you bet the Eagles, you're basically covering 75% of the game. Mm-hmm. Just about. Yeah. Right? And 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 the bottom line is for a lot of people, that's all they care about. <laughs> they don't really care if the Eagles won the game, whatever. But that, that's how goofy this league can be. And I, I, I just warn people all the time, just, you know, tread lightly. You know, when you really feel good about something, go ahead, do what you're going to do. But, you know, I really liked – I, I like Indianapolis. I, I, I think they're going to be good this year. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. And that game last week that they tied just, just really surprised me. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was a couple other games. What was it Atlanta? Well, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta blew a game against New Orleans when they were up 16. Right, man. but there was another game that I that I totally didn't. I like the, I, I, I the Giants a little bit, but I, was, I didn't really care much about the game. But there was one other game that I just sat there and go, oh, maybe it was Seattle. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Seattle, but there was like three or four or five games where I'm just sitting here afterwards. I'm like, man, I I just, I kind of didn't see that coming. You know, I I just, but it's week one. It's like, there is no exhibition season. (laughs) This is it. All right. So we're going to start with college and and I will, I will now say this just, you know, to be honest, this may be the worst college slate I've seen in a long time. You know, I'm glad you said that because I basically almost don't have a pick. But I'll talk about a couple games. But I kind of agree with you. It's 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 a weird. There, there's, there's one more key game, though. There's one more key game, and that's that? and that's Penn State at Auburn. Okay, but I mean, there's actually a very interesting game. I think anyway. Go ahead. LSU Mississippi State, and LSU is getting two and a half at home. Yeah. To Mike Leach, which I just find, and I know why. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand, uh, but boy, could you see if Brian Kelly loses that game? I mean, Couldn't happen to a nice Mike. I, I, Mike, I am a, a. I have been like in. Oh, I know. In solitude this week, because 
as I said earlier, I was up in New York, so I made a point not to watch or get updates on the Notre Dame game until everybody in my family and my friends started texting me or tweeting at me and going, are you okay? Like, okay, well, what's going on? Oh, Marshall just beat Notre Dame. And it for it ruined dinner at Trey Colliery. I got to admit. You shouldn't, you shouldn't allow it to ruin your dinner. That, I was that's, mad. I was especially, mad. Look, if you were at the White House, if you were at White Castle, I'd say, okay. If I was at the White dinner. House. <laughs> Not at Trey Colliery. No, uh, tra- no. Now, I, I, did, I did regroup on the lasagna. But my, my you know, salad was he's, ruined. He's the first Notre Dame coach to lose his first three games. I hate, Ever. I hate to break it to you. I would take Cal plus 11. Well. I don't necessarily back up quarterback. Back up quarterback. I know. I, I get all the reasons, and I would actually look for a way maybe to tease that game, son, because I just can't see Notre you Dame. You love losing. teasers. I love. No, no, no. I won't. First teaser mention of the year. Go ahead. Notre Dame should not lose that game. Now, are they going to win by double digits? I have no idea. I think it's going to be a low. I don't even know what the over under is on that game, but I'll look that all up. All I'm saying is, this is what happens with Notre Dame. And this is why I love – and Paul Feinbaum came out and said that before they played Ohio State, and he's like, these are people, what are you talking about? Notre Dame is not that good. And he didn't mean in the sense they were going to be 7-6 and six or whatever. I mean, he was just saying, let's not get carried away with all this. Over-under is 40-and-a-half, by the way. Yeah, I didn't see him losing to Marshall at home. No, who did? Nobody did, right? But, I, you know, they'd won 42 straight. I noticed only because I do fraud five for Glenn Papazian. They'd won 42 straight against – Unranked opponents, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So that streak went out the window. There was a couple they, streaks. They were great at home. Like, under yeah. Kelly, one thing I'll give but, Kelly, they were prepared at home every big but, game. But let, And I thought before the season, I thought they were going to be a nine-win team. That's about what I figured. And I thought that would be pretty good. You know, nine wins. Now I'm looking at They still got Clemson. They still have USC. USC on the road. They, other they, they, they got, got B- Carolina. You know, there's a couple. They games. got BYU they, in Vegas. Yes, they do. You're right. So, I mean, but all I'm saying is Paul Feinbaum came out. My, my Notre Dame guy, I, and I love him to death, my, my guy. I thought I was the, a Notre Dame guy. So he gets it. He goes, what is Paul, Paul, why is Paul Feinbaum being so negative about Notre Dame? I said, well, Kevin, I said, maybe the, he's just right. So I texted him after Marshall game. I go, maybe Paul was right. But see, Notre Dame fans take offense to that. I'm not. Because they take, when they start at number five in the country. Now, I knew they weren't the fifth best team in the country. No. But again. Why they were ranked that high, I have. I don't vote. I don't know. But this is Notre Dame. This is what Notre Dame, and there's certain schools where this, but Notre Dame is unlike any other school in the country. You know this better than anybody, yep. Kevin. And it's just the way it is that people get so, you know, out of whack. And I think they're still going to be, now the quarterback situation, yeah, that could be a problem. Um, I think this guy, look, you got to give the guy a year or two to see what he's got, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, that's I mean, look, nobody envisioned this, right? I no, mean, no, nobody envisioned him beating Ohio State for the most part. But Marsh, Marshall cannot come into South Bend and, and win. And, no, and win. not at all. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that was a bigger. In fact, in my fraud five, I had them. I thought that was a bigger upset than App State going to Texas A&M. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I would. Agree. I mean, not by a lot, you know. I mean, yeah, and, and honestly, and honestly, team. Jimbo, Jimbo's a bit of a fraud. Well, but it's still Texas A and M. They shouldn't. Oh, be, I know, you know, and they have the top recruiting class every year, and blah 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 blah. Right. And 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 and, that, uh, and that's and, and they'll pull a win off. They'll beat Alabama or somebody that you don't expect. 
And every yeah. year it'll finish fifth or sixth, and you wonder, well, why didn't they make the playoffs? Well, that's well, why. This is a real interesting game this week, too. You talk about good games. Miami is at Texas A&M. Miami with Crystal Ball, I think they're going to start making, you know, a move up back. A&M um, is a six-point favorite. Six-point favorite. Um, and, and the Miami wide receiver is not playing. So I don't know how much that – and obviously A&M's coming up. I, I mean, look, if Miami goes down there, goes out there and beats them, which I don't think is impossible, you know, um, I mean, maybe Texas A&M wins by three touchdowns. I don't know. But I'm just saying, once you lose a game like that – it really oh, messes yeah. your season up. Oh, because, absolutely. Like, yeah, nothing like, Notre Dame does the rest of the year will eliminate that stink. None. Nothing. Zero. Um, I, no, I'll say this. No, no, no. If they beat Clemson and SC, let's just say that, and I don't think it will, but let's just say they win those two games. That will eliminate the stink of Marshall. If they, if Trust they, me on if, Well, no. If they win those two games, people will go, you know, if you just beat Marshall at home, you'd probably be in the playoff. Yeah, but but you can throw the Marshall thing out as a fluke of, of whatever. Yeah, I, I'm just saying if you beat Clemson, who I don't think Clemson's great, but I think Clemson's pretty good, and SC, I think the same thing. I think they're pretty good. So if you were to win those two games, and I don't, I think they got a better chance of losing those two games than of winning those two games. But again, it's two months away. I mean, the one game's in October, the one game's in November, I believe. Let, let me uh, let, let me wrap up the college segment here. Sure. Let me give you some. Let me get before we get too far. Field. I'll give you one if you want go, one. Go ahead. Um, Oklahoma is going to Nebraska. Um, this used to be one of the great games in, in football. Every year they always played it in November. And it was like a great the, game last year in Norman. Right. Um, yes, it was. I am, and, and now we have the situation with Scott Frost. The over-under on this game, Oklahoma is an 11-point favorite. The over-under is 67.5. Under. I'm taking the under. Yeah, because I think it's going to. I think Nebraska is going to probably. I think it's going to be one of those kind of um, 2017, 24, 21. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game, or at least sixty seven just seems like a lot of points to I me. I agree. So that would be, and I usually don't do over unders because I don't understand over unders all that much. And um, but I, I think if I was going to give you one, I would give you that. Uh, I'm gonna go pack twelve after dark. The Saturday ten thirty game. Um, I'll take USC. I'll lay the twelve and a half over Fresno State at the Coliseum. Uh, I like what USC looks like. I really. But Fresno do. State must not be bad though, right? If they're only oh. getting twelve. Yeah. Okay. They're not. And um, Fresno has a history of going into Pac twelve opponents yeah. and knocking them off. That was one of my bets last week with Girardi, and I said it looks too easy. And I think it was eight and a half they were giving Stanford, and they yep. won by 12, I think. Yep. But they were winning most of the game. Yeah, they I'm were. I'm telling the- you, Lincoln Riley, dude, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to the, the playoffs this year, I, I don't, but I'm telling you. They're going to be in the conversation. One of the great, it's like when Ohio State hired Urban Meyer, and they won the national title like two years later. It was a perfect hire, even though Urban Meyer is a piece of crap. But he can coach. He's a good analyst too. Lincoln Riley is going to get recruits out there at the yeah. They're going to go to Big Ten, which is going to make it tougher. But I think they're going to get recruits, and I think they're going to play that style of ball. And I, I think they're going to decimate the Pac-12. All right. So let me get the your thoughts real quick on the two local games: Penn State at Auburn. Penn State a three point favorite. I don't know much about Auburn except they haven't played anybody. I know that coach was under a lot of fire in the mm-hmm. offseason. I don't know what to make of Penn State, but Penn State has played, you know, going to Purdue and winning was not bad. No, I agree. Um, I think I would lean towards the – I know it's a revenge game for Auburn, 
from last year. Uh, you know, the big story is apparently Penn State's having trouble let, finding a place to land their plane because the airport down there is not big enough. I, I'm just I'm reading this story today. I would lean towards the Knits. That's me. But I, I think it's going to be probably a close game. Um, and again, here's the situation. If you're Penn State and you go on the road and win this game, mm-hmm. you would have two early season wins where you were only a three-point favorite on the road. That's a good start to the season. Yeah. You know, if they lose this game, then you're kind of saying, okay. Um, I'll take What that. do you think? What I'm, do you think? I'm actually taking the Tigers, I think, outright. Okay. Okay. This this feels like a game James Franklin loses because he has trouble on the road. He's yeah. a very – his teams on the road have trouble, and this feels like a bad spot. Well, you know, see, you know more than I do about that, and I, I don't have any feel for that game at all. Like when I told you I'd lean to – if you put a gun to my head and said pick a side – but I don't have any feel for that game. All right, so the last game with the locals, Rutgers, and I can't make a pick on this one. I'm covering for the Associated Press. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to make a pick either. All right, Rutgers is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite against Temple at the link. Yeah. Rutgers trying to go 3-0. and They did beat Boston College two weeks ago. Yes, they did. Um, Temple look, lost to Duke. Temple is not winning this game, okay? I, I mean, I, I'm fairly confident in saying that, but will they, will they lose by 17? That I don't know. I mean, they they brought in Kurt Warner's kid last week. He looked he pretty played, good. He put, but they played Lafayette, yeah, which had beat Sacred Heart the week before six to nothing. So I know in the first game Temple really didn't look good, but it was the first game. So I, I think it's going to be a long season. I think you got to look at his, you know, what kind of strides are they making towards being better next season. Because I don't think this is going to get fixed in, in a year, but you know you can look better as the year goes on. I think if they play a decent game and only lose by like a touchdown, I know they won't say that, but I, I think to me that would be a good sign. If Rutgers comes in here and wins like by twenty four, mm-hmm. that's not good. Because I don't think Rutgers. I know Greg's doing a decent job up there, but I think in the overall of the Big Ten, I don't think they're well, very much. And right? Rutgers gets Iowa next week to start their their Big Ten season. Look, Rutgers yeah. Rutgers probably could get, if Rutgers wins this game, Rutgers probably gets bowl eligible. Let's be honest. Okay, Is that, okay. Um, if, because you get the six and six, you, you're going right, to be bowl eligible. Right. I don't think Rutgers, I, I, I mean, like I said. I'm it's not so much better with Shiano, by the way. Yes, they are. I just don't see them losing this game, but I'm not sure I think enough of Rutgers to give 17 and a half. I think it would be more of an anti-Temple bet. And I'm still not sure if, if you again, put a gun to my head, I would probably take Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers. Because I'm still not sure. I mean, I know that they looked better last week, but, man, their offense looked horrible the week before that with the other quarterback. By so, the way, if Rutgers wins this, right, okay, they go to, they get Iowa at home next week. That's a winnable game. Uh, then yeah, Ohio- but, yeah, you're right. It is a winnable game. Then they'll, yeah. get, then they'll get Ohio State at, at Columbus where they'll lose by 50. That's- yeah, or they'll lose. Right. Put, yeah. uh, Nebraska at home. That's uh, that 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 is a winnable game, but you know that, that's not like just right. pencil it in. And Indiana at home. Yeah, Indiana's not that good. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, and they have Maryland at the end. Yeah. I mean, so there's a path. There's a path to seven, eight wins, maybe for Rutgers. No, no let's not get let's not get too. There's greedy. a path. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to happen. There's yeah. just the path. Yeah, well, yeah, like um, I said, I mean, they could lose to Iowa. They could lose to Indiana. Oh, sure. Those are 50-50 yeah. games. Right. The fact that so, they're home helps. Yeah. 
I just don't know how much. I don't know. No, I know Shiano's going to, you know, better than whatever was there before. I understand that. But bar. again, it's it's still Rutgers. You know, yeah. it's still, like I, I still got to bite my tongue a little bit and just say, you know, let let me not get too excited about Rutgers. All right, let me <laughs> let me move into the NFL. Um, uh, hold on here, I got to change the. This news. is a te- this is a teaser week in the NFL, baby. I, I you love your NFL teasers. No, yeah, I know. And, and actually, the funny thing is, last week I stayed away from them, mm-hmm. and they all would have lost because there was all those upsets with the seven-point favorites. Right. There's a couple weird lines, and I'm going to start with one. You know, Pittsburgh looked really good last week in Cincinnati. Uh, in Cincinnati. Well, they, yeah, they yeah the Bengals turned it over like 25 times. Right. And I get T.J. Watt's not going to play. There's questions about uh, the running back playing. Um they're a two-point underdog at home to New England. Right. I'm going to take the Steelers. I, I Look, I watched a lot of that Patriot game last week. Mac Jones stinks. And that, and that team looked off. I don't think the team – I mean – It's disorganized. But I will say this, Kevin. I, I was listening to a show today. I can't remember what it was. Um, Some guy, you know, giving – Apparently, a lot of people, whatever – are betting the Pats. That's I, I don't know why I don't I'm just telling you that a lot of the money apparently in Vegas is going on the Pats. Okay, I don't know why I again I don't have a real feel for that game at all, but I I, I think it's two ordinary teams. You know that's that's I mean I think Pitt, you know Pittsburgh maybe can make a run at a wild card I don't know maybe who knows I I don't I don't think much of the Pats at all. So um all right you got a pick here. The one game, and, and and this is weird. Like I said, and I'll throw some other stuff out. The Giants are giving one and a half to Carolina. Yeah, it's now two. Them. It's now two. Well, I, okay, I thought it was one and a half. But right. it, okay, whatever. One and a half or two, I don't really care. And I love Matt Rule, and, and maybe they could have won last week. I think they lost on a late field goal or yeah, something. Yeah, they kind of got screwed because of a spike call. Like okay, that. and, and all, all that. And, and But the Giants look pretty good. And the, I think the coach there, by going for the two, I think his team now is kind of like, you know, Barkley played really well, apparently. I'm still not sold on their quarterback. I just think that's a tough spot for Carolina. You know, I don't think the Giants are great by any stretch of the imagination. But all you're asking them to do is win by a field goal. So I I kind of like the Giants a little well, bit. Well, I'm actually – I'm actually it's funny because I had that game on my list, but I'm going the other side. I'm going to take Carolina and I'll take the two. Okay, because I think I think Carolina wins outright, and here's okay. and here's why, because we see this every year in the NFL, and the Eagles have fallen victim to this too a couple times, where you're expected to stink, you go out, you play well week one, everybody gets hyped up, everybody's excited, hey maybe they're not going to be so bad, da, 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 da. and then they come out, they come home and they lay an egg. Okay, yeah, I I got to tell you, there was a lot. I was trying to pay attention to this crap. There were some people who were around the Giants who actually thought they were going to be better, that this coach was actually doing a deep down. I don't know. I think they'll be better when you get to December, but I'm not sure they're better now. Well, all I know is that they looked pretty good last week. They did. And again, you could be totally right. I I think Carolina is, is, I think Matt is going to have trouble surviving. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I do too. I think the, the whole quarterback situation is just, you know, and, I, and I'm not that down on Mayfield. I think Mayfield Mayfield might be better than the, than the Giants' quarterback, for all the hell I know. Um, but again, I I just 
The line looks a little low to me. I just think it should be like three, three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it doesn't make a difference. I it's probably going to be a close game, but again, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, I'll go another one here for you. I'll take the Lions, who are one and a half point favorites at home against the Commanders. Um, I do believe that Detroit's better. I do. I think Detroit. I think Detroit can also run the football against Washington. See, I think Washington's better though too. I, oh, I think Washington's you. better too, but. Again, another one of those team that had a close win last week. Everybody's kind of puffing their chest about them. They're going to a tough spot. And yeah. I th- I just think yeah. Detroit has, to, I think for Dan Campbell's program, this is the type of game you've got to win to show that you've really, I think the Eagles are clearly ahead of where the Lions are. I think yeah. most people would agree. I think the commanders are right at the same level as the Lions right now. And the Lions have to show that they've made improvements. And I think I think this is a spot where they they actually win this game. You, you could be right. I'm not going to argue the point. I, I don't really have a feel for a lot of these things. So yeah, I was looking at that game. I I I, I maybe I give the Redskins not the Reds. I'm sorry, the Commanders more credit. I I am not like I said when Carson Wentz went to Atlanta or Indianapolis last year. Up until those last two games, it was fine. It was fine. So. I think, and if the if the defense can play, I, I I think Ron Rivera has a little bit of a clue. I don't think they're a great team. I don't mean by any stretch, but I think they can be better. I mean, they fell off last year because they had all those injuries and all that kind of crap. And two, it wasn't like two years ago they were great. You know, they were okay. But I, I just kind of think that Wentz can get them to, you know, a nine-win kind of team. Uh, I could be totally wrong. Um and this is a game. If I'm if I'm the Commanders, I'm looking at it the same way. I'm like, boy, if I go on the road and win this game, right? Then I'm two and zero hosting the Eagles the week after that. Yeah, you know yeah. That, that, and maybe that won't work out like that. I, you know, I mean, I'm sure TV is is rooting for the Eagles and the Commanders to both be two and zero, but you know, those things don't always work out. Uh, my final pick. Uh, the Seahawks. On the road after a short week, going to San Francisco, getting eight and a half. I cannot begin to tell you how lucky Seattle was last week. I mean, they won a game. They could have easily lost by 21 if Nathaniel Hackett had a clue. Um, And now you're going to a San Francisco team that's going to try to look a little better. God, Trey Lance has to look better than he did last week in, in Chicago. Uh, I thought the weather played a part of that, that heavy rain. He looked like he was unprepared for it. I'll lay the eight and a half, and I'll take the Niners, That the pedigree of the Niners, and the fact that the Seahawks, who are not that good, had a short week. That that team's up to help in that Well, one. this will get me into my teaser then. Go ahead. Well, and first of all, I'm going to throw this out at you, and I, I don't know why. I kind of think the Cowboys in seven and a half – might not be the worst bet in the world. Um, I know Cincinnati's a better team. I'm not saying to take it. I'm saying Dallas is getting a touchdown and a half at home. It's a stay-away game. What? It's a stay-away game in my oh, mind. Oh, no. I, I understand that. But since first of all, Cincinnati's going to have that Super Bowl runner-up hangover this year. I totally believe that. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's like an overreaction, and I understand it. Dallas, I don't think Dallas is all that good anyway. Now they're not going to have Dak. But I can see them coming up with sort of an effort this week. I could be totally wrong. But, you know, because if Dallas gets blown out at home by Cincinnati, yeah, they might as well just Pack hang the it lifeboats. up. the lifeboats, yeah. 
Yeah, just just you know, phone it in. Okay, so you you were talking about San Francisco. I'm looking at the Rams Atlanta. Rams have had more time, obviously, because they played on a Thursday. They got their butts handed to them by maybe the best team in the league. They're playing Atlanta. I think Atlanta stinks, but that's me. But again, you could, if you wanted to, I mean, you could, I would, but you could take the Rams, take the Frisco's, tease them down. And the other game that I might look to tease down with them is Denver at home giving 10 to the Houston's. So you're basically asking Denver, San Francisco, and the Rams to win at home. Because it's a nine-point teaser. So I think if any of those three teams loses, something's wrong. Because well, San Francisco should not lose. They, unless Trey Lance just totally stinks. Um, Denver should not lose at home to Houston. I don't care what the, the coach can't lose that game. You know, he can't. And I think the Rams are going to do some damage to Atlanta. But that's I, just me. And, and there's one other game I was interested in your take on. It's the first Monday night game. There's two on this Monday. Right, right, right. Buffalo, look, Buffalo is the best team in the league. And they're going and for why the did home. they have two last week? Because they decided to do two this week. Oh, okay, okay. Buffalo is laying 10 against Tennessee, who lost to the Giants. Right. Uh, Buffalo is going to have, I think it's 11 days off, 12 days off in between games because of the Thursday night game. I almost think that line's a little inflated. Uh, I mean, I don't know if... I I don't want to... Here's my thought. I don't want to overreact to either Tennessee or Buffalo. Exactly. I think Buffalo, right now, as we talk, is the best team in the league. I think so, too. But they may not be when it matters if you're... But anyway, I, I find it hard to ever bet against... Like, it was late last week. I actually threw out the Cardinals last week. I did. I said, I just, for some reason, it was stupid because, because the Cardinals usually win early in the year. And then I think that coach is going to be gone. Kingsbury. I, I'm not a big fan of the quarterback. Um, but anyway, that's me. But how can you ever go against the Chiefs? Like all these people are saying, well, you know, the Chiefs don't. They lost this guy. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Andy Reid. They have, they find, they have a line now that they figured out. The, de- the defense is good. I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to win 14 games and win the Super Bowl, but they're pretty damn good. And like last week, like I'm like, what am I thinking? You know, and that's kind of like how I feel about Buffalo. I, it's going to be hard for me to play against Buffalo. Yeah, I hear you. But I don't want to always lay... What were they laying? Ten? Laying ten. Yeah, I, I don't always want to lay ten either. You know, because Tennessee. Yeah, because that see, that line with Buffalo is going to just keep going up. Where's the game at? Buffalo. Okay, so yeah, I could see. And look, I'm not the biggest fan of Tennessee. I, I they should never trade it. Whatever, I, whatever. But they're a good team with a good coach who has a record. You know, I could see Tennessee going up there and losing by seven. You know, or something. Now that being said, you know, I mean. The Buffalo might just be steamrolling teams for a while. Maybe maybe that's the way it's going to be. I, that's that's a game like I would just stay away. I mean, I don't think Tennessee is going to go up there and win. You know, and this is the, the whole reasoning behind teaser games, which gets you in trouble. But I mean, how could you, you know, how could you take Tennessee in the ten? Because then you're just rooting for what, like a late cover or something. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, finally, finally, Eagles two point favorites over the Vikings. Give me your pick. You know, my my initial thought is I would take the Eagles. I and I like the Vikings. I think the Vikings are could win the NFC Central North. Somewhat because NFC the Packers, North. I don't. I think 
I'm not ready to throw Brett. I mean, um, Aaron Rodgers under the bus either. I mean, it's a long season, and I'm not going to. But but I think they have some issues, perhaps. But I think it's going to be a good game. You know, yeah, Justin could have a big game, but I, anytime I can get the home team on Monday night, basically in a pick'em, I got to go with the home team. Yeah, I would agree. Doesn't always, with that. that doesn't always work out that way. I do. But, th- I do think they'll be more. They'll be better prepared defensively. Um. I think he'll throw probably slay on Jefferson. Um, I think the Vikings are going to score some points. I do too, but I can, but I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles can, can score in the thirties. I can see this. And what's the over under on this game, Kev? Uh, let me check. Uh, that is 50, 50, and, 50 and a half. I got to be honest with you. It's about right. I but I think I would lean over because I could see like a um. You know, 50 is a big number, though. I mean, I, but I could see like a 28 24, 31 27, because I, I don't see the defenses in this game. Second biggest number of the week, by the way. On the over under? On you the mean? over under. Yeah. Well, look, hey, the Eagles just put up 38. And I know the Lions are, but I mean, and the Vikings, I mean, if you just look at it off the face value of the Eagles defense versus the Vikings offense, I mean, th- don't the Vikings almost have to score like 21 to 24? Yeah. Just on because yeah. I don't know. You would think. Uh, I would think, but again, the biggest their, their quarterback is funny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he can be really good, mm-hmm. and in some and his record on prime time games is not, you know, is not been all that good. So I, I the, don't. The, I, big, I, the biggest over under of the week, by the way, Arizona Vegas is fifty one and a half, and they're playing in Vegas. So it's the it's the. Yeah. I don't have any fear. I, that that team, I'm not a big. I fan think that's of an Carter. indictment of both defenses, to be honest, more than it is yeah, about their offensive. But, yeah, but you know, sometimes, you know, those games can end up. Yeah, you know, sometimes you think you have two crummy defenses in the finals, 24-21. Yeah, I mean, they you can out crummy. It's they can equal equal each other out in the crumminess factor. Um, yeah. As a as a guy who bets who does this for a living, once said to Girardi and I, and, and he said, the public. Bets the over. It's what the public does, and he's and the under. You know, the public never bets the under. Very rarely. It's, he said it's just the way it works. They did the and and there was other things like did the public, and it's the truth. Like if, if you see, you know, if you said to people, oh, it's, you know, for, oh, I'll take the because they always think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I'm not sure. Last week it seemed like there was a lot of games where there wasn't a real lot of points no. scored. No, last week was sloppy. Yeah, and and probably as a general rule of thumb, which of course is too late now, but. Week one of the NFL season, you should probably just bet the under in every game. You'll probably hit eight of them. Yeah. You know, you won't hit all of them, obviously, but you'll probably cash money at the end of the day. So so that's our our show for this week. We're gonna try to get back on track next week. Um You didn't mention the Phillies. Yeah, they're they're playing right now. They're they're losing the Miami, but they're they got a big weekend in Atlanta coming up. Um, I got two thoughts on the Phillies go, real quick. Go. One is they figured out a way to beat the bad teams. Yes, they have. Which if they'd done this the last couple of years, they would have been in the playoffs. But okay. And their record, whatever, they, they have beaten up. I know they had the one bad weekend against the Cubs, and I think there was another one in there somewhere. But and well, that's Ari- a good Arizona and San Fran, but go ahead. Right. Okay. And they're not okay. They're, those things happen. But and they're, with all the things that's happened to them, with Harper being out, Wheeler being out, um, you know, Ria Multo has probably been their MVP for the second half of the season. He's been really good. 
but they're getting contributions from guys who they shouldn't be getting contributions from, who are winning games for them, who are just supposed to be bit players. Mm-hmm. And it's been happening. And, and the thing, I'm telling you, if the Phillies start the playoffs tomorrow, I think about starting Bailey Falter in the first game because they don't ever lose with him. I mean, think about this guy. He was basically an afterthought, and he's been really good. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I have no idea why. But, I mean, you know, to the point where people were actually talking, you know, would you use him as the third starter? You know, if you got in the three-game playoff series, but of course that would mean he'd be pitching the deciding game. But And that ain't going to happen. Would you prefer him or Ranger Suarez? Well, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what Eflin's going to be like three weeks from now. Well, Eflin, uh, Eflin's not going to start. He's not going to. He's not going to. Okay, well, what about enough. the other guy, Gibson? I, I, mean, I, I would. Tr- yeah, I would I trust Baylor Fowler over Kyle that, Gibson right now. Yeah, but didn't they get Syndergaard maybe to be that guy? No, I thought he was just a back end guy. I'm just telling you right now. And I, look, I like Suarez. I'm not. Yeah, I know he had a, a, a rough couple. I, weeks. I get it, but I also look at his value potentially in the bullpen too. Oh no, no, no! But I'm just trying to explain. If you said to me right now, mm-hmm. you look at uh, Bailey's last, I don't know, six, seven, eight starts, I'll bet you the Phillies have won like six of those games. I'll bet you his ERA in those games is probably like high twos or low threes. I mean, he's really done a tremendous job for that. I don't even know who this guy is. And that's what makes a good team. And they're not a great team, but a good team gets guys like M- Matos hitting a home run to win you a game. Maytown. You know, Maytown, I'm sorry. Um, that's what happens. That's what good teams do. And that's what the Phillies haven't done the last few years, which has kept them, you know, just out of the, the playoffs. And, um, yeah, I don't see how they can't make the playoffs. I mean, I guess there's a way. Yeah, I mean, they should oh, win. The, like there's always a way until you close. There's always a but, way, but, I mean, they should probably end up with, like, 92 wins. They have a five-game lead with, fifteen, like, 19 yeah. to go. And so. Milwaukee stinks. But, Kevin, this team was 20 and 28. Yeah, I know. Mike, I mean, I, it's a it's remarkable a, turnaround. I mean, me Rob and you Thompson. could have sat there when they were 20 and 28 and they put Tom. I mean, we could have sat there all night. We would have never predicted 90 wins ever. Oh. Yeah, we might have predicted 84 or 85 and said, hey, you know, they got a crappy schedule the second half of the year and all this. But I, I got to hand it to them. I mean, yeah. you know, they've done they've done well. And, you know, I don't want to jinx them or anything, but um, I, I think they've done well. So, yeah, and I, I think, you know, basically – how they doing against Atlanta this week will tell you what their capabilities are going forward. Now it's September. It, I think it's good to use these games now as measuring sticks because you may end up playing. I think you're probably going to end up playing the Braves or the Mets in the first round. Yeah, that, well, it, that's who it, you're it, going it, to play. Yeah, well, no, it can't I'm, be Saint. No, it can't be Saint Louis. Well, it, it could if San no, Diego. No, Saint Louis is going to win the division. They're going to be the third yeah. seed. Yeah, and San Diego could pass the Phillies, and the Phillies could fall back okay, to six. Okay, I hadn't thought of that. Okay, but I, yeah, okay, you're right. Um, I, I, but to I, me, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't care oh, if I, the Phillies play the Mets, the Braves, or the Cardinals. They're going to be a heavy underdog against all three of them because they don't I get don't, a home game. I don't think I don't think they'll be a heavy underdog against the Cardinals. I, I think they'll they actually, be, but they'll be the underdog, and I think the Cardinals are a pretty good team. They're just they don't have the the, the marquee value of the Mets. Or the Braves, but I think the Cardinals are a pretty good team. That that's just me. So yeah, you're going to have to beat a team in the first round that you're not supposed to beat. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, oh, well, go out and see what you can do. But this is the. I mean, look for them to have any hope, they got to get Wheeler back, 
and they got to, you know, and there's they're still uncertainty about that, about how effective it is. a weird sport, Kevin. You covered it for, you know, umpteen number of years. Yeah, I never had to worry. I didn't have to worry too much about playoff rotation. No, and, and by the way, this would be the first time the Phillies would ever make the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah. Because they vote. But let's just say, for, say for the sake of argument, let's just throw Wheeler out. Let's say he, for whatever reasons, he can't throw. Right. Okay, so you play somebody, whoever it is, and, and he, you know, and, and Nola goes out in the first game and, and throws some gem. Right. And they win. Well, okay. So all of a sudden you're sitting there going, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, or if they can take that first round series to a third game, right? I think that's a great thing for them. Yeah. And then, you know, it's a third game. All the pressure's on the other team. Yeah, I would it agree. It wouldn't be on them. You I know, they're, play, they're playing with house money I would at agree. that point. Yeah. So who knows? All right, so that's our story. Uh, by the way, this is our uh, Mike. Mike is seeing this on our uh, on our chat here. Uh, How you doing there? Yeah, this is a uh, Muttley. This is a uh, this is my Muttley. This is my stepson's Joey's dog. He lives with his grandmother. They have gone away this week, so I've been babysitting. We had three dogs in the house, Mike. Kevin, next week, next Friday, my son. They're going to to Mecca, can't um, Cabo, and we can't go because my wife is still working. Um, we're watching his two dogs, so we will have three in the house. It's a fun experience. Um, yeah, I know. And, I hear and, and one, um, like Finley, my main is seven. Uh, Fergus is five, and Muttley's about a year and a year old. So the energy level with Mutt doesn't quite match up with the two older dogs. So, well, yeah, I, yeah, it's. Hey, look, it is what it is. Yeah, you, know, you get. Somebody's got to watch the doggies. That's right. You, know, you got high school this weekend or what? Uh, yeah, we had the. Uh, thank you for reminding me of the promo. I, I'm I try. Go- I'm going to. Uh, I'm covering uh, Frankfurt and Judge on tomorrow night. Frankfurt then, Judge. Wow. Yeah, uh, over at Ramp Playground, and then on Friday night, and then the Friday night high school football scoreboard show with Jeff Nolan, uh, Brian Hensel, and myself on WPHT twelve ten a.m. and on the Odyssey app. Uh, so are you walking? Are you walking to the Judge Frankfurt game? I don't live that close to Judge or Frankfurt. Oh no! I thought you said it was at Ryan. No, it's oh, at Ramp. Where? It's at Ramp Playground. They Where's have, that? Right across the street from Judge. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't no, know. No, no. They, they build a whole football facility at that playground. Right. Oh no! I know the facility. I just didn't know that was the name of it. Yeah, Ramp Playground, named after James Ramp. The cop who was oh, the, killed the in, that got shot. in yes, the move yeah. in the first move confrontation yes yeah so that, yeah he's, a, he's um, from who is fa- who is favored in that game do we um well judge did beat ryan last week so judge is judge actually after starting zero and two big win frankfurt struggled here out of the gate a little bit so they're both one and two god do you remember kevin 30 years ago what that game would have meant <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, Al Angelo against Whitey Sullivan. Well, that's okay. We got uh, the biggest game of the night, by the way. Well, Garnet Valley Ridley is pretty good, right? Okay. And you say so. Nishamini and North Penn. Yeah, they're two heavyweights, right? Yeah. North Penn is one and two, though. North Penn lost upper double in last week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. How can North Penn be one and two? Oh, they lost to LaSalle. Okay. Yeah. And then they got surprised at the gun by Upper Dublin. Okay. But I mean North Penn's won I mean how how many or you know they've won one state title but I'm, they've I'm been I'm confusing North Penn with um CB No 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 no. Uh Archbishop Wood. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
No, but North Penn's won a state title, and North Penn's been the I know district. they have. I know. Is, Dick, is Beck still the coach? Beck is still the coach. Wow. I covered him in high school. Yeah. He was he was good. Yes, he was. Went to he, Temple, he, too. He was on a good team. Yes, he was. One of Petten's best teams. Yes, he was. Yeah, the 85 team, man. They had him. Radigan was the center. Beck was the guard, and they had a tackle. And all three of them, one went to B.C., Beck went to Temple because he was an inch too short or two inches too short, and the other guy went somewhere. Yeah. And they just they, they just I, I saw a picture once. Petten called me into his office. Watch this. Beck hits it. Beck's 15 yards downfield, pancaking his third guy on the play. Like, he blocked, like, three guys. Dick, oh, Dick, oh. Will, Dick, will, Dick is one of the best guys to cover as a coach. Or as, as, He's a great as quote, a right? It's a great quote, and he will bring you into his office, kind of like you just talked about with Petten. Yeah. And they have the huddle system, and he'll punch plays up and show exactly early in the week what we should when, look at. When out they for. did the thing, Kevin, when Petten passed away and they did the memorial for him, oh. and I went up there, me and Mike Sielski were sitting next to each other, and, and a lot of people. Dick Beck was one of the best speakers. Um, I mean, Mike Petten Jr. was great. Yep. There were some other guys who were really, really good. But Dick Beck was telling Petten stories. Yeah. And it, they were just like, you just kept laughing. I mean, it was. And it was the theme of the whole thing is let like let's remember the good times, and it was so well done. But Dick Beck was one of the highlights. Before we let you go, I should uh, you know the Pettin Senior Pettin Junior that year where they were both followed by cameras in '99. You were you were not covering high schools at that point. I no, think. I was in the I was in the video. I'm in the movie. Yeah, and the infamous last words from Pettin Senior to Pettin Junior who would That's not the last chance. Him. That was what, your what last was chance. That was your last chance. Yeah. And yeah, Pettin, I, I and mean, Pettin I was Jr. was two feet away from him when they right. when he said that, um, and, and I think it bothered Mike Jr. because like yeah, and then Mike went on and, and obviously did great things. So I'm not you know right uh, in the NFL as a defense coordinator was the coach of the head coach of the Browns for a bit. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but Pet, I think Pettin was five and zero against him. It was four and zero or five and zero. I, I think it's five. I think five, and that was a playoff game, right? It was the district title game. District title game, right? And um, yeah, I mean, hey, look, it's it, the 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 fruit didn't fall far from that tree, bro. No, no, and and it was funny dealing with Pet in, in retirement, and I got to know him better in retirement than he was. Silski covered him as a coach, mm-hmm. and you covered him as a coach. I got to know him more after Mike left, and I kind of took over a little bit of those beats. And you talked to Pet in senior, and he was awesome. And he talked about golf every day. That was the other part too. Kevin, the last time I was with him, and I wrote a story about it. But we were up at North, uh, um, what's the golf course? North Hills. North Hills. So it was some kind of a golf outing. And Mike, we hadn't seen each other in a while. And we've been talking about playing golf. And he's like, come on, Mike, you got to play in this thing. Okay, fine. We went up, we played, we had a great time. And afterwards, we're out in the parking lot, me and him for about an hour. We were the last two people to leave. We didn't talk about golf or football. We were talking about our dogs. Yeah. He had a dog. That Loved he was his real dog. Good. He showed me pictures. I'm telling him about my dog. And we just sat there, and and it had nothing to do with not. And we laughed, and we and we and our last words were, "Hey, we're going to do this again." And then, of course, he passed away suddenly, right. like six months later. You know, in Florida on a golf course, I believe. Yes. Um, but I just remember that, and I remember, and I know he had that gruff exterior. I, I know who he no, was. No, but you, but you, it's kind of like when you get a husk of corn, and you strip it back, and you see the good stuff once hey, you pull a couple layers. Al, layers. Al Angelo was the same way. Oh yeah, you know, Al was a great and Tom Mo- Tom Molino at Frankfurt was one of those guys too. Two of the best coaches I ever 
covered in my life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really cover Al per se, but I, I was at Lincoln and all that kind of stuff. Um, but once you got, once you got to the person, yep. the person was really good person. Yep. You know, and I know Mike pissed a lot of people off and, you know, he does this, he does that. He just, Hey, and I used to look at people and say, you know, he's beating you. You got better players than him and he's beating the crap out of you. Yeah. And, and nobody ever would give him credit for that. Um, and that's okay. I don't think he cared and whatever, but um, I, I was, I was so glad I got to cover him, but I was more glad that I got to know him like you were just talking about yeah. that, that Mike. Yeah. And I got to know his son a little bit like that too, which, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and I got the, I got the deal. I got to talk with Mike a lot. Uh, we've kind of faded a little bit. Mike's been obviously with the travels and everything, and I don't want to disrupt them. Sure. Um, but he, Mike is Mike. Mike Jr. Mike Jr. was one of the best guys to cover because Mike was gruff, but he was also kind of down to earth too. So yeah, where's uh, he at now? Where's he at now? Kevin? He was at Green Bay last, and and I don't know where he is right now. Yeah, well, he got fired after that playoff game. Yeah, when, when he gave up that. Yeah, and I didn't know if I'm sure he's doing something. Uh, I'm looking this up now. Uh, is he with the Vikings? I don't know. Currently, assistant head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Assistant head coach. Yeah. I see. He's the assistant head coach. He's the assistant head coach. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, okay. He, he was a senior. Yeah, he was a. This, he was with Matt Nagy last year, um, and then he went to Minnesota and has joined uh, Kevin O'Connell. So, okay. Hey, good for Mike. Yeah. Uh, all right. We will talk to you next week. Um, Hope it'll line up a, a, a good guest. Thanks, Ed Kratz, for being a good guest on short notice this week. And, uh, Michael, have a good time this, next week with the dogs. That, see, that's what happens when you upgrade yourself to first class. <laughs> Eight months pregnant, his wife was. I, I, I just got to tell you one thing before you hit the button. Yo. Don't ever let a Notre Dame loss ruin your dinner, Trey Calori. Ever again. Okay. That's a two-stroke penalty. By the way, by the way, Hamilton. You got to take Gene to go see it. It's awesome. Okay. It's awesome. You say so. You're not a Broadway fan, are you? I've never seen it. I, I, the, the whole notion of me getting, get going up, uh, I, I probably should. You're right. It's but worth she's it. never said something to me like, hey, let's go see. If she came up to me and said, hey, can we go see Hamilton? Okay. I would try to figure out a way to get tickets and go. Yeah. Um, I've thought about doing that Billy Joel thing, too. The The, the seats are a little cramped. If you're a tall person, it's tough. See, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. our uh, about the two forty five mark of the show, my back was just in full spasm. So, <laughs> it's that long. It's it's well. There's an intermission. There's a 15, okay. 20 minute intermission. So, okay. All right, Mike. Talk to you, babe. Our thanks to Ed Kratz for joining us, and our thanks to you for joining us. Hope to see you next week. This is Big Workin' the Beat. Well, you went.